0: is your mission
1: from the producers of star trek discovery and star trek picard comes the man who fell to earth academy award nominee chiwetel
2: ejiofor this is the next step nothing will be the same academy award nominee naomi harris
0: they are coming for you
1: the man who fell to earth now streaming only on showtime
0: Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host along with Ryan in this episode. We are interviewing creator, TV showrunner, writer Jenny Lumet, and she's actually coming back. We've interviewed her before on the BGM Podcast when she did the CBS series Clarice, and she's joined us once again to talk about her latest show the man who fell to earth which is currently streaming on showtime jenny lumet is an actor screenwriter and the daughter of director sydney lumet and the granddaughter of lena horn she is going to talk to us about how she dove into this incredible sci-fi adventure the man who fell to earth and if you remember our last episode we recapped episodes one and two we're going to talk a little bit about episode three that just premiered this past week so sit back relax and enjoy this episode with jenny lumet of the man who fell to earth this episode was done in partnership with and sponsored by showtime the man who fell to earth is streaming only on showtime watch the first two episodes for free for a limited time at show.com that's s-h-o.com
2: welcome to the black Gunner's podcast i'm your host ryan and i'm joined by one of my favorite people to talk to jamie because we want to take you back into the world of the man who fell to earth you know a world where we're very hydrated we're constantly evolving and you know for this for our previous episode i should say we talked about episode one and two we talked about our favorite scenes the mystery behind the characters but now it's time to bring in the experts for this episode or expert i should say we're talking with showrunner uh, co-creator jenny lumet and i want to brag on her a little bit here because if you checked out the tv show clarice on cbs you know she is great at taking the mind on an adventure also show business in her blood she is the daughter of director sydney lumet and she's also the granddaughter of Lena Horn. So she didn't come to play with y'all. I'm so excited to get into this episode. Jenny, welcome back to Black Grand Podcast. How are you? Thank you so much.
1: I am so,
0: I am, you know what? It's today. Am I allowed to curse on this broadcast? It is totally fine. We, we accepted your curses the last time. Oh, so no. we are we welcome it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was here for it. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad. Um, if you ask
1: me how I am, I'm fucking pissed off as how I am. I am fucking pissed off is how I am. And we can talk yeah. about it or not talk about it. Um, Wade, yeah. But you know, I'm full on Yosemite Sam, like ready to freaking scorched earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's how I am today. But but I'm glad to be talking with you guys because I have a I I would I I
0: am partners. I feel that you we are all partners in rage right now. Yeah. And this, this show is a perfect escape from all of the crap that is happening in the world right now. So I think that we all need a moment to just be in it. Yes. Yeah. To just kind of decompress and just like go into a world of an alternate reality and thank God for the man who fell to earth and what you've yes. created with this. Uh, because yeah, the, the real world right now sucks. sucks. So let's talk about this world. Thank you. It's wonderful. So, yeah, well, Ryan, kick it off. What, I know that you, uh, you know, we both talked about uh, the man who fell to earth in our last episode, which we geeked over episode one, episode two. We're looking forward to this week's episode. But Ryan, I know you had some burning questions for for Jenny.
2: Uh, Yeah, listen, I got to start off with the character at the helm of this. Um, so, yeah, my first question, just to dive right in, because he's helping me escape right away. Just the intro alone was what does Faraday represent to you, Jenny? I'm curious to get your take on him.
1: Hope. Um, Faraday, everything that he does is extraordinarily hopeful. He's traveling so hard and far and it's so dangerous. And he wouldn't do it if he didn't think somewhere that he could do it. Um And that's my actually one of my favorite, even though I'm not crazy about human beings right now, one of my favorite things about human beings is that I believe that they're hopeful and that if you, if you, if you keep, if you simply don't stop, you'll get it. If you simply don't stop, you'll get there. Um, And I had a, you know, if you asked me when I first started writing this, Faraday was probably out of said something like. Faraday is all of us, Faraday is, or a refugee, Faraday is an immigrant, but it's never that simple. And I always find that you're writing a thing and you think you're writing one thing, and then you realize that you were writing about something else the entire time. And uh, I, maybe I thought of, I was clever and like writing about the human condition, which is complete pretentious writer silliness, because what do I know? But I, I, I think that I was writing about hope,
2: um, mm-hmm. with Faraday. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, for the listeners played by Chiwetel at Geo4, which is, he does a fabulous job in this. Um, um, he's a just a fan, fan all around. Go ahead, Jenny, yes. what are we going to say? No, he's a monster. I mean, he is the way <laughs> he committed to
1: this Physically, I mean this is not an easy thing. And the calibration of how human he is becoming at even given at any given moment and how human he is pretending to be at any given moment, he could answer that the way a musician looks at a score. You know, he's he's really kind of a mind blower.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jamie, what you got? So
0: one question I had for you, which was a question I posed um, in our last episode, and I didn't know if it was intentional or mm. it was just something that was a happy accident or not. So we noticed that the scene where we see Faraday and he has his first confrontation with law enforcement and he's drinking water from the hose mm. and they attack him and tase him mm. and he's completely naked. Mm -hmm. You know, but he's an alien and he's in human skin, but he's in black human skin, right? So I'm curious to know, because he's not hiding any weapons, he's naked. Mm -hmm. Him having that interaction with law enforcement and them going after him in that way. Was that intentional for you guys to have the police be so aggressive towards this black man? Um, or was that just something where, you know,
1: it was a detail that you yeah. It's completely intentional. I mean,
0: yeah. it's so
1: funny. I read a review that we got at one point that said, and it was written a review by uh, a white guy, and he said um, some nice things about the show. and He said, "Oh, I wonder if Lumet and Kurtzman are going to really go there from the racial angle. They seem quite timid, or something." And that was somebody that I also I immediately wanted to go to his house and kind of uh, yell at him because I was like, "That's so that's so stupid." Um, the fact that he, that, that particular critic thought that racism only exists when somebody is wearing a white hood or somebody is screaming the N word. From the very minute he lands on earth and from the very minute we meet Justin, they are on the receiving end of a whole lot of hostility, vitriol and fear. And that's what the experience is. Um, I read this wonderful review that the hero's journey um, for really anybody in black or brown skin starts when you open your eyes in the morning. Um, so it's completely intentional and we never mention it. Uh, we never we never textualize it. Right. Um, but that's what it is. It's no one, look, I live in liberal California and I experience the shit that I experience every day, but there is no one running around in liberal California, in liberal Los Angeles, excuse me, Overtly saying that stuff um overtly saying go home or whatever it is they say. but it's a million moments in the day that you navigate and that you're forced to navigate. Um, and I just didn't want to I, I didn't I was sort of fed up that the existence, and the experience of living in black skin was being minimized to the times when you happen to run into the scary people, because that's simply not true, and that's not real. Um, yes, naked guy getting tased, a hundred percent. But that's what it, that's in the middle of New Mexico, That's what would have happened. That's mm-hmm. what would have happened. Um, so the the that's what would have happened of it all I think is the reality of it and that's why we went there and we're staying there I mean it doesn't go anywhere it you know in it it doesn't leave Um, it doesn't suddenly miraculously he had this one experience with these cops and then everything's fine it's what it is uh throughout the episodes Oh my dog just came into the room. Hi, hi. My dog is completely larcenous. She's like stealing shit right now. Um, Uh, It's a perfect opportunity. You're distracted. Yes, 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 yes. yes. But um,
0: (laughs) but I hope that answers the question
1: because it's all
0: intentional. Now that that detail just really just stuck out to me. I'm just like, wow. Just even in a a sci-fi show, like those real elements are still sewn into the story, and I. I appreciate that, because that, that's what makes groundbreaking television. So thank
1: you. Look, sci-fi allows you to look at the world now for exactly what it is from one step removed. It gives you it gives people watching. um. If this were not sci-fi, I think that. Uh, that moment would be oh look what they did they made it with these bad cops and they made it with it and because it is sci-fi um there's a there's a a filter that you can look through where it doesn't become eat your it doesn't become eat your vegetables it doesn't become simplistic um i think that you in genre and i don't want to sound like like kind of the asshole who's like genre, genre, and talks like a screenwriter, or talks like a TV writer. Um, I try to write about human beings or not human beings, but um, doing the stuff that they do. Um, but it gives you a way to talk about this moment right now um, in a way that you can get away with more subversive shit. Which is what I like to
2: do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of which though, um, that brings me to another character that I think um like figuratively and just like uh just physically, like on the on the screen, she pulls no punches, right? I'm talking about Justin <laughs> Falls character here. Mm-hmm. Um the I'm curious about what do you want black women to see about her strength? I take away th- uh, from her strength because I feel like there are subtle messages and they're like when she there's scenes where she takes on um like full force and she's like not holding back and she's gonna mm-hmm. fight for what she believes in. But I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that, of, of what that representation for black women. Well, I think there's nothing
1: that black women know everything about strength from the time they come out the womb. Um, in the first sort of first of all. And it's funny, you know, uh, and this may seem like a little bit of a, a little bit of a little bit of a digression, but it's really not. Um, Sometimes I don't know what I'm writing about till much later. And I realized when I just now really in the past two weeks, I understood what I was writing, who, what I was writing about with Justin and what I was writing about with Justin so i'm a single mom um, my mother was a single mother for a long time her mother was a single mother and her mother was a single mother so you have a hundred years of single motherhood in my family um i'm getting very emotional thinking about it so what it says is that we have always done it we have always carried the low we have always Save the world, even in the things for which we are most maligned. uh, It's actually the opposite of that. Uh, The things for which we are most maligned um, are the things that are extraordinary and are superhuman. Um, And for, look, I'm like the luckiest person on the planet. I can't tell anybody anything. What I can do is say thank you, say thank you to all the single mom mothers in my life and all the single mothers everywhere. And it's not, you just don't, you don't have to be a parent, you know? It's fighting your way through um, anything as a black or brown woman is an exercise in strength and agility, flexibility, um, nuance, reading the room um, that uh, not that many folk are capable of, except we're capable of it. And the only thing that I would rather humbly, it's not like we don't know, but the only thing that I would rather humbly hope for is that Black women internalize that I don't think that they need, certainly don't need me, but that black women internalize that we are the ones who've been moving it forward since time immemorial. Um, And by getting the kid ready for school, by taking care of the elderly parent, by going to work in an environment, by doing what you guys did, which is create a space in the universe, that's crazy. That's would be normally met with, or I'm sure is still met with unrelenting malevolence and hostility from all four corners of the globe, right? To say I'm a black girl nerd. Um, that's pretty fucking bold. I'm sure you get endless realms of shit for it. Uh, so I'm grateful. And, you know, thank you for asserting yourselves and the right to be idiosyncratic, the right to have original thought, the right to be a complex and nuanced human being. Uh, we've had to fight for that. And um, that we have it um,
0: is beautiful to me. Wow, I'm about to get emotional myself. Just <laughs> <was> saying that. <laughs> um, I know, Jenny's
2: trying to make us cry on the I'm on the sorry. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, true writer, showrunner, right here. You know, they don't have the right word, just the right thing. <laughs> But Sorry. no, no, it, it's great. It's wonderful. And we appreciate you too for this character. I, I pointed out uh, Justin Foss played by the uh, incredible Naomi Harris yeah. we talked about before. It just doesn't get all the, all the props, the goat to me because she just does amazing yeah. things on screen. Yeah. Um. But just, you know, the struggle is real sometimes, right? And because, it just yeah. helps to know that there's somebody behind the scenes that is like, let me give you a mirror. Let me show you what they're talking about. You know, because sometimes you could just hear it over and over again one way and they don't understand. You no. know, being a black woman in America, you don't understand. But if no. I could put this in the sci-fi world, if I could show you Justin, I can show you her struggle, you see a different side, I can show you the science of it. Maybe you relate to that and you understand this struggle, this journey. Um, and so, yeah, thank you just for giving like another outlet, another picture so people can understand. And it's not, you know, sometimes when you're in an out like this, you feel like you, feel like you say the same thing over and over again and people just don't get it. Don't but get this it. lens, showing it somewhere different. Um, um, it's just amazing. So yeah, I appreciate it. Before we really start crying, deep Jamie, you have something <laughs> else? you want to take us? You want to transition us before the tears really start rolling. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for
0: sharing that, Ryan. Um, one of the things I really loved about this show is, as someone who is an avid TV watcher, and I noticed this to a science that uh, new shows give a lot of like there's an exposition dump that mm-hmm. happens in the pilot yeah. episode, yeah. and you guys did not do that. And I appreciate that. So can you share your process of developing the story structure for this series? We knew
1: that the audience could never be ahead of Justin ever. Um, That diminishes her. And it also takes the, we trust the audience that they're smart. So be in the moment be in the moment with us. And if that's what makes an immersive experience, you know, we had uh, the show went through a lot of iterations, went through a lot of drafts. We wrote like six episodes and it was terrible. And then we like threw threw, them away (laughs) and started all over again. Um, The most important thing for us was never to have Justin feel like, or the audience uh, see Justin as catching up. Um, And she never is. She never is in the entire series. She she is the first one to understand. And, you know, I don't, oh, I cannot, I think, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about episode three. Um, yeah, you can, because it's out <laughs> here <air> on Monday. <laughs> um, a question that we had is, why is it that Justin spends a, this particular amount of time before she believes in her soul who Faraday is. And the answer to that is because she's smart, because she's brilliant, because she's a scientist. It's not, I don't see, I don't believe in the world where the woman, particularly the Black woman, meets the miracle and accepts it Immediately, Um, I think that we're smarter than that. And I think that um, our miracles come along for us in very particular packages. Um, She had to be as protective of herself, of of her family as we are uh, before saying, okay, I will go. But then once she goes, she goes with her whole being. I love that she thinks about herself and her family first. I love that she thinks about herself in terms of there's a line she says to her friend Portia, and I love that relationship. She says, I don't, I can't afford to be crazy. I don't have time to be crazy. Um she's trying to protect herself. That was important to us because that, you know, to fling yourself wholeheartedly into a banana situation is a luxury that Black women simply don't have. And we wanted to honor that.
0: You love to see it. That's
1: awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Naomi is a, she is a dream. She is a dream and she's as ferociously, uh, she's as a ferocious, you know, her, the role, Chuatel has the role that is essentially you would say flashier just uh Naomi has the role that without her there's no there's no show
0: she is the anchor she is our she is the way we get in I'm I'm more curious about Justin than any other character on this show I just feel Mm -hmm. like there's so much subtext happening with her and there's so much mystery that I'm like there there's some some layers to unpack with with Justin that I'm looking forward to seeing as the the season uh, unfolds. So, I mean, I
1: think it's no I thank you for saying that. I think that to be <laughs> I'm thinking no one's going to want to sit next to me at dinner after this except maybe you guys. But um <laughs> to be a brilliant black woman is a very dangerous thing. Um Yes. Can you yeah. say that again? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. A brilliant black woman is a very dangerous thing. Um I love her because I love her for that. I love her. I fully understand why she might've re- hide it for a little bit because it's so dangerous. And then she lives in it and I, my hat is off to her. My hat is off to her.
2: Well, staying on the trail of Justin, um, the, her family dynamic, the home specifically, I'm curious about. Because um, there's so many cool like background shots and and sure. just cool surroundings throughout the show, but the falls home to me it feels like they're literally sitting in an invention. Yeah, like they have so many cool things around them. Can you talk a little bit about that and and the ideas behind that? Sure. There's two. Well, there's two things about
1: that. One is that um, Alex Kurtzman knew somebody who had a t- who built who lived in the desert who built something like a Tinker Town, and uh, then and uh, he just built stuff. Um, And some of it was sort of, you know, like, I'm going to use the word dioramas, but people would stop and stop over and you pay a dollar and you get to drive through and see it or walk through and see it. So there was that. Um, And then we thought, how can we let the world know who these people are? Um, And they are ceaselessly creative. Uh, Even Molly, the little girl, um, played wonderfully by Enola o- 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 excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, she, Her room is sort of the ceaselessly inventive and creative room. And Molly's building, Molly builds uh, like Lego blocks, um, is a big part of the show. We wanted the audience to know that these people were ceaselessly creative. And even if they were with their backs against the wall, they couldn't help themselves but build. So I think that gets the message across. Um, and you wanted to be confident that these folk could handle whatever was gonna come at them from this alien by looking at the house. I mean, look, if they lived in an apartment, you'd be like, wait, what? Like if they're ordering, <laughs> they're, why them? They're just ordering pizza really, really well, you know? So would right. these people let you know that they're, that they are ready and also willing to build.
2: And it's, it's a lot of ownership, too, when you when you do that, um, you know, that picture, that image, too, because you think about, um, you know, what every time Black History Month comes around, they show you like, oh, well, this person invented that. This black person invented that. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, and we didn't get credit for it. So I feel like it's like, you know, a little subliminal, like ownership of what they create, oh, um, and you know, like, right, you know, and then a background, like you said, it quali- if you need a qualification for it, there you go. They're living yeah. in literal inventions or creating hundred percent. I mean, there's something also to be said, look, it's how you can read what I love about
1: Tinkertown is that you can bring what you, there are a lot of things that you can bring to it. There are a lot of different ways to look at it. One is they are qualified. The other one is the beauty that we make um, is overlooked. That's why it's, 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 it's in disarray. I mean, Julius's hands are all folded up. They had to stop um but the beauty that we but we made it the beauty that we make is overlooked that we make is overlooked and has always been overlooked and there's something you can absolutely read that in tinkertown and it is an extraordinary place um so there are multi-generational messages in there um certainly all uh look i mean i had a my great grandmother's i think father or uncle um, last name was Scotchman, like invented the curtain rod or something and patented it. Um, and I'm like, oh, we should probably figure that out. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> right. it's like yeah. this black man inventing the curtain rod. Um, the, you know, our, why, why our history is secret, I don't fucking know. I mean, I do know, but I don't um, um So Tinkertown is always, it's a treasure everywhere
2: you look. And I think that's who we are. Yep. Yep. I have one last question, but Jamie, I'm, do you have any like location chart questions you want to throw in? Well,
0: I, I just wanted to ask about, you know, where we are now with the show, the show premiered on April 24th, which by the way, it was my birthday. So great birthday present for me. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so now that the show has premiered, oh, uh, sorry. Is that I, a tourist? Tourist? I am a Taurus. Yes. I'm
1: surrounded by you Taurians, man. Everywhere I look, I swear to <laughs> God, my son, my daughter, my cousin, her husband, I am surrounded by you. Surrounded by you both. That's fine, that's
0: fine, I'm, I'm with it. We we are a stubborn people and- We get things done. Um, yeah, yeah, we do get things done, yes. Uh, we're very determined, indeed. Uh, but I, I just wanna know, how have you, um, how has it been seeing the fan reactions online? Have you watched the fans' reactions online, and how have you been celebrating the unveiling of the man who fell to earth?
1: Um, yes and no. I'm not a huge social media person um, because you know I, I want to live a long and happy life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I have been so thrilled to see that people are thrilled with the representation and the fact that it's not trauma-based. Thank you. It's like, this is a show based in joy and brilliance straight up. And, um, that, and people are responding. They're like, wait, what joy and brilliance and like having a really nice time and a family. That's really cool. And that is, that makes my heart sing. And my daughter is 14 and I'm like, and I drag her in front of it. And she either wants to watch it. She's, I don't know. I mean, she's not to be like, she watches all this Korean stuff on television that I simply don't understand. And I try to watch it with her. And I'm like, wait, who's that?" I don't know. But so I try to make her watch the show. I make her watch the show. And I'm like, do you see the joy? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, you don't. <laughs> torturing her. I'm completely torturing her. And then she goes back to watching Korean TV, which I'm. Now in jail, um, the, the celebration. Also, I live with my mother, who was 84. Um, the celebration is honestly the three of us. Like I braid my, my daughter's hair at night. I braid my mom's hair at night. And then we watch Men Who Fell to Earth. And it is the, like that is the celebration I swear to God. I swear to God, it's this braid. It goes from my grandmother through me to my daughter. I mean, my mother through me to my daughter. And we and we watch Men Who Fell to Earth. Um, And whether or not my daughter is texting or scrolling on her phone while she's doing it is not the point. The point is that it's all three of us together and it is the greatest fucking thing. It is the greatest
0: fucking thing, that feeling. Oh, that's amazing. I gotta get some more, I gotta get some like K-drama tips from your daughter. (laughs) I used to watch K-dramas all the time and I stopped, so. She's really down and I'm like now getting into it. Um, It's
1: a little bit alarming because I'm 55 years old. They're
0: addictive. They are They're very addictive. addictive. Yep.
2: Yeah. yep. All right, Ryan, sign us off, girl. <laughs> oh, listen, listen. But w- the way we started this, which I completely agree with my sentiments in my head, you know, people right now, sometimes the choices we make aren't our favorites. Mm-hmm. But what I like about this show, though, um, and I'm curious, a conversation between you and um, and Alex Kurtz- uh, Kurtzman, your co-creator here. Mm-hmm. What, the idea of like there's a price to pay for evolution. Yeah. You know, for the decisions you make, for how you go forward. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh when you get to be in and
1: it's not age-based, it's just at a place in you, your life, you have an understanding or a realization that you have to let some shit go. Mm. You have to, um, if you're going to move forward. Whether it, and it can be a million different things. And we understood that, you know, we're not that smart in terms of human evolution. I wouldn't, I, 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 but in terms of both of us and where we were in our lives, we were releasing some stuff that we held on to. And some of it was dear. Some of it was dear to us, whether or not it was good for us is another question. But some of it was dear to us and we knew, but we knew that we could not step forward and write this show as a honestly and with as much curiosity and with as much we tried to be very brave um we knew that we couldn't do that while holding on to uh some past shit, and that's a message um and that's something that that we learned on a very small personal level, we're not that smart to make a pronouncement about humankind. We we're talking, we were very much talking about ourselves. What did we have to let go to move forward?
2: But even in that, that is a challenge. Um, and that's so well said. It sounds so simple, the phrase of letting it go, but it's the hardest thing to oh, try yeah. to do like the next step in your life, to try to do something in the future and just let the past go. You're like, okay, I made that decision. I got to live with those consequences, keep a pushing. Get and pressured. that is the yeah, that is the hardest thing. And I love the way this show continues to play with that concept. Um, I hope you guys definitely have this on your watch list. Um, have it ready. Uh, Showtime. You got about three episodes out by the time this episode airs, mm-hmm. so you got time to get ready, get caught up, get into it all. Um, and you know, Jenny, it's just it's just always a pleasure because you keep it so raw, real. I just love it, yeah. and I just can't wait to see what mine adventure you're going to take us on next. Thank you, thank you so much. Well, for real,
1: I'm going to be writing about my my grandma. I'm going to be writing about my grandma. I'm very excited. Oh, oh I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I'm a little <laughs> terrified. Me neither. You guys do the best. Anytime, anything. If you guys, or, you know, you get a flat, you you, whatever, call me. I'll pick, come pick you up by the side of the road.
0: Oh, 100%. I'm so I grateful for you do. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Jenny. It's a pleasure speaking with you. Take care, okay? All right. Bye. All right.
2: Bye. Bye. bye.
0: The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify.